We look at healing up the mitochondria because it's being damaged, but we want to look at what is causing that trauma to the mitochondria or what might be causing damage to the DNA. So we want to eliminate those potential causes because we don't want those causes to continually occur because we're going to kill the cancer and then it's going to mutate again because we have all these causes causing the issue. So we definitely want to look at reducing the sugar in the body. So we're not going to totally eliminate blood sugar. You'll die if you totally limit blood sugar. What we want to do is decrease blood sugar in the body and not have any spikes of blood sugar to happen. Because when we have these big spikes of blood sugar, that's when the cancer is going to start gobbling up all that sugar and they're going to grow and go out of control and lead to cancer spreading all over the body. Hi everyone, welcome back. I'm Teresa. I'm a mom, I'm a health nut and a wife to a cancer survivor, Dr. Jake. I know that you've had a lot of success with different people in this. I talked a little bit before about a woman named Janet that you had to work with. Can you just quick overview on what happened with her? Yeah, so Janet was a 60-year-old female that came into my office that was worried about her cancer. She had stage 2 ductal cell carcinoma, so it was localized just to the breast, hadn't gone anywhere else to the body, hadn't gone to the lymph nodes. She wasn't really wanting to go through surgery and chemotherapy and radiation like they were the other conventional oncologists were wanting to do. So she came in for me to get a different look and maybe I had some different options for her. So I saw her for 45 minutes, really dived in what could potentially be causing her cancer, talked about all the options that she had. For her, I actually did recommend that surgery was a good option for her to get that removed. I usually like to get the tissue out of there if we can, because then we are able to mop up all the other things with our metabolic approach. So we dived into and gave her a diet. We did plant-based ketogenic diet, which is a big piece of the metabolic approach. This is going to work on starving the cancer cells, but also a big piece of it is it's going to totally change the metabolism of the body. It's going to change your body to not thrive on just sugar. It's going to start thriving on fat. And cancer cells love sugar. So it's going to really starve those cancer cells and not allow them to have the fuel they need because you're usually eating a really high amount of fat, 70% of fat at least, and about five grams of carbs, maybe 10, depending on the person. We also gave her several different supplements that were going to work on healing up the mitochondria. That's a big piece of the metabolic approach is mitochondria gets traumatized and then that changes how the cell functions and that leads to the cell not being regulated appropriately and growing out of control and leading to further growth of the cancer cells. So what we want to do is work on healing up the mitochondrial function. And we did that with several different supplements. We also prescribed several supplements that boosted the immune system, which is a big part of the metabolic approach. We also focused on giving specific supplements that killed the cancer cells itself. And then we gave her some IV procedures. We get, In her case, we gave her high-dose IV vitamin C and ozone, and then a therapy called photodynamic therapy using ultraviolet light to attack the cancer cells. So this whole encompassing treatment the ultraviolet light helps build the mitochondria function, but also at the same time, it kills cancer cells and boosts the immune system. We're able to give high-dose IV vitamin C, which isn't necessarily a metabolic approach, but it definitely does boost the immune system and also is directly cytotoxic to the cancer cells. And then ozone, oxygenates the tissues, makes your body work better, and ozone is directly cytotoxic to cancer cells. So this is a whole encompassing treatment to help her get feeling better. And I haven't seen Janet for five, actually I saw her, but her cancer hasn't uh, come back for five years now. She didn't go through chemo or radiation or anything like that. And she's doing great and feeling awesome. Throughout the entire 
treatment process, she just felt better because we were helping the body feel better. If she went through the chemotherapy, she may have not been there. I'm not necessarily anti-chemo or radiation. If she, I felt like she really needed that for her stage of cancer, I would have definitely recommended it. And we do a lot of therapies to really support uh, the chemotherapy to work more effectively and decrease the side effects of that. Also with radiation, decrease the side effects, increase the effect. But then we add all of our other, other therapies on top of that to improve the effectiveness. Awesome. Well, we're going to be digging a lot more into the, uh, you know, in detail onto this metabolic approach on today's episode. But we wanted to make sure and clarify first to our audience that this is just a podcast, right, Dr. Jake? So this is just a podcast. I'm not giving any treatment advice today. If you're interested in seeing an integrative physician, you could give us a call or visit our website at integrativemedica.com. Find the phone number there, 801-676-9876, and give us a call and we could get started. All right. So, you know, you kind of alluded to this a little bit before, but I want to make sure and just kind of get some clarification for our audience here. Metabolic uh, approach is a, a large component of uh, the integrative approach, like, you know, integrative medicine in general. Can you give us like a quick, just over idea of what the integrative approach in, when it comes to just medicine is for our audience? So yeah, there's terminology, right? There's integrative approach, there's metabolic approach. Integrative, really using that term is using the best of both the conventional side of medicine and using the best of alternative medicine and combining those two together to have the greatest effect with the patient. So most integrative oncologists are understanding of the conventional side of medicine. They might not always prescribe chemo or radiation and things like that, but their understanding of it. Then they have great extensive knowledge about diet, nutrition, what herbs are effective, and various other modalities like using the metabolic approach to cancer, or looking at other causes like sugar or disruption of the hormones or inflammation or people that have autoimmune diseases, et cetera. So they're really diving into looking at the causes, using the metabolic approach, understanding the conventional side, sometimes using it, sometimes not. When you talk about the metabolic being something that you can supplement or add to a traditional approach or do it separately, if you were to kind of think of for our audience, the presuppositions, I guess, when approaching cancer, like from the traditional perspective, they look at cancer from a very more genetic angle, this other angle, and the metabolic looks at it a whole different way. Can you explain that foundational difference in how they're even looking at cancer in how it's caused or how it's treated and so forth. So that when we expand on later on with you on what, you know, what treatment looks like with metabolic and so forth, that we have a better understanding of the why, right? Why we yeah, approach it so, from this angle as well. Yeah. So conventional medicine focuses on one arena. The integrative physician looks at many other arenas of what could be causing the cancer. There's DNA trauma that happens with cancer that causes disruption and leads to all these changes that happen in the cells because of this genetic trauma that happens, which is various causes could cause that. And that causes mutations in the cells and it starts growing out of control, leading to cancer. The metabolic approach is focusing more on the mitochondria, the mitochondrial function and the trauma that happens to the mitochondria and the energy disruption that happens inside there. So the metabolic approach is focusing more on the mitochondrial function, improving the whole cell and how it works. And there's another theory of the DNA trauma and genetic changes that happen inside the cells leading to cancer. So there's a big difference between those two. Not saying I only use the metabolic approach, 
I do look at this other DNA trauma because that does happen also. But I like to look at that and the metabolic approach and all the variable other causes that could be related to, to cancer. So it sounds to me like, you know, in like layman's terms, really, like you have what triggered, right? Like what was the problem within the body in the first place that allowed itself to be traumatized and not heal itself on its own? Then you have what was the trauma, right? And then you have the symptoms and the cancer that comes from that. And so there's all these different angles of, of healing, right? Like healing the symptoms or the cancer itself, but that doesn't deal with what was the trauma, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's maybe identifying the trauma, but then, okay, what, what was wrong with the body or the mitochondria in the first place that allowed itself to not be able to handle that trauma? So like these almost like three different things happening. Yeah, definitely. There's awesome. three different things Yeah. <laughs> I'm figuring it out here. Um, I, my husband likes to say, you know, that traditional medicine is like cutting down all of the weeds and getting, you know, cutting them down so that we don't see them. But the metabolic like, actually looks at the roots and pulls those out as well. So, That's you know, perfect. oftentimes when you're doing both, you can really, really be able to get a good handle on it in a very quick way. The next question, I guess, that a lot of us might want to better understand is, Based on what that, that theory is, how does the metabolic approach then, you kind of touched on mitochondria, any other things that when you work with someone metabolically, you're working on healing that mitochondria, but what other things are happening with a metabolic approach? So a big piece, yeah, we work at healing up the mitochondria piece that's being damaged, but we want to look at what is causing that trauma to the mitochondria or my, what might be causing damage to the DNA. So we want to eliminate those potential causes because we don't want those causes to continually occur because we're going to kill the cancer and then it's going to mutate again because we have all these causes causing the issue. So we definitely want to look at reducing the sugar in the body. So we're not going to totally eliminate blood sugar. You'll die if you totally eliminate blood sugar. What we want to do is decrease blood sugar in the body and not have any spikes of blood sugar to happen. Because when we have these big spikes of blood sugar, that's when the cancer is going to start gobbling up all that sugar and they're going to grow and go out of control and lead to cancer spreading all over the body. So we don't want to give them that constant fuel, that big surge of fuel into the body. So we definitely want to reduce the sugar. We want to increase the intake of good quality fats because then the body is going to be using a lot more fat for fuel sources. Also, these fatty acids are going to help all your cells start working better. It's going to help your hormones work better. It's going to help you detox better. It's going to help your brain function better. It's going to help the mitochondria work better. The mitochondria needs to shuttle in fat to be able to function very well. We're going to be starving the cancer and helping the cancer work better when we're eliminating that sugar. We also want to focus big time on decreasing inflammation in the body. So I talked about autoimmune disease. Yeah, autoimmune disease is a disruption of the entire immune system. And a lot of people that have autoimmune diseases are at much greater risk to cancer, not only because they're taking immunosuppressive medications many times, it's because of that disruption of how this immune system is working. And it's not working as well. And it's not able to attack the cancer cells as well. So if you have a lot of inflammation in your body, the cancer is going to grow exponentially when you do that. So we work on decreasing the inflammatory process in the body. So like I talked with Janet, plant-based ketogenic diet, we're going to eat a lot of good quality fats, but also we're going to eat a lot of plants, which are really high in bioflavonoids or other constituents in there that are going to fight the cancer cells. And they're also going to help decrease inflammation throughout their entire body and increase detoxification. So that's big, big focus we want to work on there is decrease that inflammation. We want to balance out that immune response if they really have that going on. We also want to work on healing up the gut. So you probably get an idea that 
big focus of the metabolic approach is getting all body systems working better. If uh, the body systems aren't working well, our body's not going to work well enough to be able to fight off the cancer. So if you have some gut stuff going on, maybe you have diarrhea, constipation, gas, bloating, and cancer, that's a big indicator. Yeah, we need to go after healing up your gut. But you might not have any symptoms with your gut, but your gut might be traumatized. So we want to look at healing up the gut and dietarily is a big piece there. Sometimes we need to look at certain food allergies. If we see that, that's a big issue there. We want to put in some good probiotics to help boost the immune system, help the gut digest better, help decrease inflammation in the gut. So, and various things that we do heal up the gut. We want to look at, see if there's any hormonal disruption in the body. Let's say if someone has too much estrogen or too much progesterone, or let's say they have an imbalance of their testosterone function. Let's say they have an issue with their cortisol. Cortisol is a stress hormone. So that leads me into stress is a big piece of causing cancer too. But we want to make sure that cortisol is calmed down if you're producing too much of it. And that's work on decreasing the stress, decreasing the anxiety, helping with the depression. Also, if it's too low, we want to boost it. We don't want an imbalance between the cortisol. But if you have too much cortisol, which I see most of the time with my cancer patients, it's going to suppress that immune response and lead to the immune system not working very well. So it's not able to attack the cancer cells. So we need to work on healing up that. Also, there's a lot of research for various cancers that we want our thyroid working really well, maybe overly well. Like a TSH is a number that we check for thyroid function. And we'd like to have that TSH number below one in many instances with cancer because that helps in the research. When we see the TSH below that, we have to see better outcomes with that. Let's type into one one. Big one that I almost forgot was toxins. Let's say glyphosate exposure from Roundup that we get on all our wheat and our oats. Maybe heavy metal exposure. Let's say lead or mercury or arsenic or various other potential toxins that could cause an issue. Talk about certain solvents, pesticides, herbicides. All these things can cause trauma to the mitochondria. Also DNA damage which is going to lead to that mutation of the cell and leading to the cell not working appropriately. So we need to work on detoxification and also eliminating all those chemicals in our homes and in our food and in our environment. So when it comes to the metabolic approach, it seems to me like when I think of the word metabolism, right, it has to do with what we take into our bodies, how our bodies break that thing, those things down and then use it to fuel all of our organs and our hormones and all that we do. And even our detoxification and all of that seems to all be very directly related to what it is that we're putting into our bodies and how our bodies are using it. And if there's something that's wrong and either what we're taking in or what's happening with our body and how it's processing those nutrients, those minerals, those toxins, all of those things that we're putting into our body, that can manifest itself into all sorts of problems that could then lead to cancer. Am I, am I hearing you correctly? That's perfect, Teresa. Thank you for the great summary. I like to add the layman's version uh, to it for our audience. So when you mentioned something that struck me that I think that many of them might want to be, might want to know a little bit more about, and that is the vegan keto diet. You kind of touched a little bit on, you know, that it adds more fats, that it adds more plants. Why vegan specifically? Like what's the problem with a traditional keto diet? And I want to add a follow-up question to this. Would you say... I know that vegan keto is a great way to treat cancer because it treats cancer. Is it also the way to prevent cancer or is it more of like a a, a treatment solution? So a couple of uh, questions there on that vegan keto. So vegan keto, the reason why I don't want traditional keto 
because that's usually really high in animal fats and usually too high in protein. If they do do it right, it is way too high on animal fats. And most people that follow this diet, they're eating tons of cheese, they're eating tons of cream. This is like we talked about, we want to decrease inflammation. This is highly inflammatory. It's going to boost that inflammatory process. Also, a lot of dairy products and other meat products are high in growth factors. So these are going to stimulate growth of the cancer cells. So when we take those the meat or animal products, the dairy products, the meat products, the eggs, etc., we're not getting those growth factors and those inflammatory components. Even if if a meat is really clean, I still don't want to get it in there because it's still going to have those growth factors in there. It's going to stimulate insulin growth factor, which is a big no-no for cancer cells. So we want to eliminate those animal products. And we want to really get good quality fats in there. I'm not saying just go eat tons of vegetable oils and things like that. That's going to actually promote cancer growth too. We want to eat good quality fats coconut oil, avocado oil, olive oil, grapeseed oil. These are all really great oils that are going to be very good and nourishing to our bodies and get all our cell membranes working better and very anti-inflammatory throughout the body. Also, we like the plants because they have a ton of anti-cancer properties in there. I'm sure a lot of you have heard about juicing and juicing can be good because it does have all those cancer-fighting chemicals in there, and that's really great. The only one problem I have with juicing is that it has tons of sugar in there. Now, if you do juicing and it's mostly vegetables, that can sometimes be good, but you have to be very stringent on how many carbs you're getting in there because ketogenic diet means 70% fat, like 20% protein, and like 5 to 10% carbohydrate. It's about keeping those balances right in, in those ranges because if you don't stay in those ranges, your body's going to start using sugar again. You want the body to keep on using fat for its fuel source and totally change the metabolism throughout the body. And we want to eat very low-carb plants. So we don't want to eat a lot of grains because that's very hard in carbohydrates. We don't eat potatoes, yams, beans. We don't eat the squishy stuff. That That's mm. the stuff with all the carbs in there. So that gives you a good idea. There. Yeah. So as a... Uh, preventative. Yes, it can be a great diet as a preventative, but I, it can be a little too strict for people that don't really have cancer yet. I don't usually recommend this, except if let's say they have really high risks of cancer. Let's say they had a mom that got breast cancer in her forties. Yeah, they have pretty high risk. Let's say they have the BRCA one and two gene. That's really elevating your risk for breast cancer also. So maybe there would be a good idea to go on the plant-based ketogenic diet in that situation, or at least rotate it periodically do about three to six months plant-based ketogenic diet and do more of a vegan diet or very low meat. And maybe you can have some fish and maybe eggs periodically as a preventative, but really reducing your animal in food intake greatly. So what I'm hearing you say is that cancer loves sugar, which they can get in the form of, of regular sugar that we, that we eat. Right. But it also can kind of come in the form of that sugar comes from carbs. Carbs gets broken down into sugar and that feeds cancer. And cancer also likes meat, animal products. So when you go on a vegan keto diet as a, as a, a metabolic approach, you're really eliminating the two ingredients that cancer cells really love to starve those cancer cells and shrink them. Now that's the starving the cancer cell part, right? What is it doing on the mitochondrial body way of protecting itself and healing itself and that kind of 
aspect of it. Does that does that hit that side too, or is that only on the starving? Definitely. So Never it's going to be very high in antioxidants when you're eating this way. So you're going to be flooding your body with antioxidants, and that's going to help improve the mitochondrial function and decrease the trauma that's happening there. So what happens is there could be a lot of oxidative stress that happens in the body and inside the cells, which then causes damage to the mitochondria and also could damage cause damage to our DNA. So we want to get a ton of antioxidants. And through these plants that we're eating, we're able to flood our system with tons of these good quality antioxidants. Also, we're getting tons of great nutrients like magnesium, and we're getting good quality fatty acids that are going to transport into the mitochondria to help support and get the energize the mitochondrial function. And those nutrients like B vitamins, and we're, we're going to be getting in there and we're going to get zinc in there. And we're going to get some good quality vitamin C all these great things to help boost that mitochondrial function. As far as uh, the metabolic approach, we're talking a lot about diet. What about supplements? Does that fit into the metabolic approach since it's it, it essentially it's nutrients that we would otherwise get from food and then we're adding that in or is that separate from metabolic? No, supplements definitely goes along with the metabolic approach also. I do a lot of antioxidant therapies when I am going and I'm approaching in the metabolic approach. Now, when I treat patients, it's not always just doing metabolic approach. It's rarely just the metabolic approach. That's a piece to what we're doing. And then we do all kinds of other things that aren't going down there. But some therapies, examples of some therapies that are pretty much purely in the metabolic area are like a therapy called alpha lipoic acid. I like to use something called polyMBA. This is a specialized form of alpha lipoic acid that has little B vitamins surrounded around it, and it's able to drive the alpha lipoic acid more readily inside the cells. So that's going to help really charge up the mitochondrial function. It's going to get those cells working really, really well. PolyMBA has some components that are directly cytotoxic cancer, but the big piece is it's going to help all the cells throughout your body function better. Most people feel really great when they're getting PolyMBA. It gives them more energy focus, concentration, uh, because every bot cell in the body is going to start working better in that regard. Another therapy that I do that's specifically focused on healing the mitochondria and the metabolic approach is using something called hyperbaric oxygen, using oxygen to help support the cells. We talked about mitochondria. Mitochondria need a lot of oxygen. If you have decreased oxygen flow into the body, your mitochondria is going to be weak and it's not going to function very well and it's going to cause for further trauma to the cells. And people that have cancer have a lot of inflammation in their bodies. So the capillaries become inflamed. The capillaries is what delivers red blood cells throughout the body. So if the capillaries get narrowed, not as many red blood cells are able to flow through there and deliver the oxygen well inside the cell. So when we do hyperbaric oxygen therapy, it's able to bypass that mechanism. It's able to get oxygen right into the fluid base of the blood. The fluid is then able to go through that narrow capillary and deliver that oxygen there and really supercharge that mitochondrial function. Hyperbarics is also going to decrease the inflammatory component around the cell. So it helps decrease the metastasis of the cancer cells going out. So those are some things. There's the polyMVA, alpha lipoic acid. I also like to do something called DCA, dichloroacetate, which is an IV form. You can do it orally too. I many times do it IV, which is a ketone. So it's going to supply those ketones in there and it's going to be directly cytotoxic to the cancer cells, but also really support that mitochondrial function in the body. What I hear you mentioning in here that struck me is this, this topic of oxygen, that our bodies can fight cancer with oxygen, and that when you have cancer, you don't, you don't have a lot of oxygen happening in that area because of the inflammation. What about antioxidants, right? Isn't the idea of taking antioxidants, which is supposed to be preventative of cancer, the, the word itself seems to suggest antioxidant. 
can you explain how that fits into like preventative versus treatment of cancer? So antioxidants great on decreasing what's called oxidative stress. This is when the body makes too many reactive oxygen species. These are little guys that are very damaging to all cells throughout the body. So antioxidants help reduce that oxidative stress on the body and prevents that damage that's happening to the body. But oxidation doesn't mean always bad. Sometimes you could have way too much antioxidants and not enough oxidation. So it's a fine balance throughout the body. When we do place the body under some oxidative stress for a short term, like when we use ozone or when we use hyperbaric oxygen, it could put a short little oxidative burst in the body. But guess what happens when you do that? There's antioxidants that compensate to help reduce that. So you increase glutathione in response to that, which is the most potent antioxidant we have in our body. And that actually helps decrease more of the oxidative stress that's happening throughout the body. So if you do little pulses of oxygen or oxidative stress, it's good. So it's just about how you do it and how you supply the oxygen. It's not like you want to be in a hyperbaric chamber all the time. You pulse it, you hit it. We do it like two or three times a week and we pulse that hyperbaric oxygen into there and we pulse the ozone into your body. You don't want to get continual ozone and get oxidative stress, but when you do it appropriately, it's very beneficial. So what about then going back to the vegan keto that you had mentioned, that's working at that mitochondrial level, it's reducing that inflammation, getting more oxygen into the body, you know, helping the other mechanisms that you're, you're using to get that oxygen in. With vegan, you're going to have a lot more vegetables. And I know that there is some controversy out there as far as is organic really helpful? Is it not? What would, what would you suggest? If somebody who, who wanted to go vegan or try vegan keto in their approach to health for cancer or anything like that, would you suggest all of those, the vegetable side of their diet be organic or is that like inescapable? when it comes to it's very important to try to get those foods as organic as possible so we talked about some of the causes of cancer are herbicides and pesticides so let's say you're eating ton of vegetables and then you're pounding the herbicides and pesticides at the same time that's going to cause further trauma so you're going to get the benefit of the vegetables you're going to get the benefit of eating low carb but then you're getting all, all that gunk inside the body that's going to traumatize the mitochondria and the dna throughout the body so we want to really try to get our as organic as possible now if that's not financially viable for you you really want to look into something called the dirty dozen environmental working group can kind of point what are the most toxic vegetables on the market and fruits on the market and then it could dial you into the 15 most clean foods that you really don't need to get organic Many times peas is in that category. Many times avocados is in that category, but it changes year to year depending on how the farmers are doing it. And environmental working group can, is dialed in and really knowing year to year what is the most toxic and the most clean food that we have. We'll make sure to put that link down in the, in the description box so our audience can take a look at it. Well, this has been amazing. It's just so interesting, Dr. Jake. And my big question that I, I think I want to kind of close this interview with is better understanding metabolic is so necessary. I mean, when I hear it, it's like, it just, it clicks. It makes sense. I know that's one of the things that we're doing in our approach to, to cancer as well. Why, why do you think traditional oncologists are not using this as part of traditional treatment? Traditional oncologists, their biggest focus is in certain arenas. So a traditional oncologist, you have usually a chemo oncologist, you have a radiation oncologist, and many times you then have a surgical oncologist, and they're in their little arenas, and that's what they know. And then their postgraduate training 
that go into seminars and things like that is specifically on those specific therapies. They never get the training in these areas. And many of them believe that diet has nothing to do with cancer, which is absolutely crazy. They're not really following the science in that, but they just are dialed into their one little zone and they're not looking outside of the box, looking outside that little zone, looking outside the chemo or the radiation. They're just focused on that. And that's the reason why they don't do this is because they just don't know and they're not knowledgeable about it. And vast majority, 99% of conventional docs have very little nutrition knowledge at all. So they just think it does nothing. So if you don't know anything, you're naive, right? Exactly. And so one of the things that we've learned in our own journey is that you have to arm yourself with the doctors that, you know, specialize in what they do and that you, in your research, you know, can help you with what you're doing. So not, you don't necessarily have to have just one doctor that you go to. So I know with us, we have our chemo oncologist. We had a surgical oncologist up until a certain point, And then we have our integrative oncologist so that we can be able to, to work with each doctor in their specialty and how they can help us versus just relying on one doctor and not approaching any other method of healing so that we get the best of, of both worlds as well. So that's one of the things that we definitely encourage. If anybody either thinks they have cancer or has loved ones and they want to better understand what you talked about today, this metabolic approach to cancer. Are there any books or journals, places they can go to see what some of the research is showing um, in this approach? Yeah, one of the greatest books I liked that focuses purely on the metabolic approach to cancer, and the book's called that, The Metabolic Approach to Cancer by Dr. Nasha Winters, really dives into the research and the understanding of the metabolic approach talks about a lot of the things that I talked about, but in much greater detail of why we're doing this, what's the function behind it, what's the science behind that. And she does describe it in layman terms, so you're able to really understand it well. So that's a really great book. And if you want more scientific ideas to see if this is really a scientific approach, usually you don't search in the PubMed metabolic approach to cancer. You're usually searching certain therapies that I talked about, like alpha lipoic acid or hyperbaric oxygen therapy or ketogenic diet or fasting and things like that. We didn't dive into fasting, but that's definitely a big piece of the metabolic approach too. You type those things into there and you can see all the science behind what we discussed. So PubMed, everybody, you can go ahead and do that. Those are, they have, you know, it gives you access to all sorts of medical journals that you can look at that show actual data-based, you know, research on uh, this metabolic approach. So Dr. Jake, thank you so much for your time today. And if anybody would like to talk with you or your team more on possibly coming in or looking or understanding better the metabolic approach, um, how can they get a hold of you? Give us a call. You go to our website, integrativemedica.com. And you can find the number there and give us a call and set up an appointment. We could dive into what we want to do for you. You could also, we do virtual visits and in-person visits. So it doesn't really matter. We can see you all over the country. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Dr. Jake. Yep. See ya. Hey, Dr. Jake, thank you for your time today. And if you enjoyed the show, then do us a favor and leave a review. It helps more people to find the show, which could save their life. And remember, this is a podcast and should not replace personalized attention from a medical professional like Dr. Jake. If you or someone you know has been diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder, cancer of any stage, or a life-changing illness, visit our website today and schedule a virtual appointment with one of our doctors who can lead you to a treatment plan in your area. That's integrativemedica.com. 
integrativemedica.com. Thank you for listening to the Integrative Medica podcast with Dr. Jake. To hear past episodes and get alerts for the future, subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform and be sure to follow us on YouTube as well. Just search for Integrative Medica with Dr. Jake.